Welcome back, everyone. Another episode, Devil's Army Cast. James and, of course, Chris is with me as well, the normal duo. What is going on? We got episode 34, um, jersey number 34, Devil's History. Chris, give me someone. Had to do a little research on it, but it looks like John Van Beesbrook wore it at one point. Yeah, he, he was uh, – I was looking at the uh, – I had the cheat for this one yeah. a little bit, and I was looking and I, I saw well. he wore it for a couple of years. But um, I originally – Mark Fain was the one that I came in knowing. Stephen Santini, another good one. When we had that, le- the Devils had that legendary Andy Green, Stephen Santini top pairing. I don't know if our listeners remember the name Raman Hrabarenka. He was an AHL legend. He was he was big Albany Devils guy. Played in Albany for a while, but that's another one who I'm assuming wore the number for a couple games. Anyway. You guys should be listening to this episode on Saturday, January 23rd. We're recording it Friday night, January 22nd. We're going to start out with some current news, quite a bit of current news, actually. Then we got some Devils recaps from the games this prior week. They're going to preview a couple games coming up. Any NHL-wide game takeaways, teams, all that fun stuff we'll talk about. Um, but before that, we're going to talk a little bit about how certain guys are trending on the Devils-specific, trending up, trending down. Um, just a few guys that have caught our eyes. And then last, we're going to end how the Devils lineup may look when we see Josh Bratt come back, Hugh Shearer come back, and Sammy Votnin coming back. We'll end it out with a couple bar down bets, and that'll be that. So uh, let's hop on into it. Current news. First thing. Pierre-Luc Dubois, the very solid young centerman for the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's getting a little ugly over there. Um, He requested a trade. They didn't trade him. They actually resigned him. Now it looks like it's going to end in a trade. I believe he only played four minutes in the most recent game and then got benched. Yeah, he sat on the bench for two periods. Um, Pierre Lebron reported there's a whole bunch of teams that are on um, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Anaheim Ducks, Minnesota Wild, Montreal Canadiens, Winnipeg Jets, Calgary Flames, Ottawa Senators, New York Rangers, Buffalo Sabres, Flyers, Red Wings, Caps, Yotes. No Devils, which is okay. Um, Devils mm-hmm. center is pretty set. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a hell of a player, and whoever lands him, I'm sure, is going to be very happy. It's probably, probably going to pay a lot, too. Yeah, it is. Even though this whole thing's going on, he's a very, very good young player. So, mm-hmm. Moving on, NBC Sports Network, the channel, TV channel, that does a lot of hockey games. They do some Premier League soccer games. They do some NASCAR. They do a whole bunch of different things. College basketball games is dissolving. Um, Chris, do you know when they said that's happening? It's, it's soon. I forget when I, they I said it. I don't think we got an official timeline other than they're planning on it being some point this year. Okay, so that channel is going to be going bye-bye. Um, what they're going to do is they're going to be moving some of their hockey games they televise, um, soccer, NASCAR. They're moving it over to USA Network. So the big deal here is the NHL's TV contract's expiring. They're going to be looking for a new deal. NBC currently has it, and if this is any indication, it looks like NBC will not be bringing the hockey back to their networks. Chris, do you get this feeling as well? Yeah, I think um – I don't see the NHL really seriously considering a um, an offer from NBC if they're going to stick games on USA and stuff like that or try and want to do it on like a streaming platform. I just I don't see it. I think yeah, it Peacock really TV's hurts terrible. NBC 
for negotiating for it, but maybe they really just don't care. Maybe they're fine with uh, moving on. Who knows? That's what it seems like. Um, so me and Chris had a discussion. We're like, oh, what's the networks that could pick it up? Me and Chris both, uh, Chris more so ESPN. They've had hockey in the past. Mm-hmm. They have ESPN Plus, which is a really solid streaming service. Yeah. And we do like NHL originals, like yeah. shows and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a really cheap subscription too. I I have. I think it's only mm-hmm. it's four ninety nine a month. I forget what it comes out to a year. I have the year package. Anyway, and NHL and ESPN already have kind of a deal. They stream a lot, or not a lot, but a decent amount of games on ESPN Plus. So maybe we see a ESPN um, larger contract and take over for NBC. Mm-hmm. ESPN has the channels to do it. They have like ESPN Two, ESPN News, ESPN This, ESPN That. So and a that's, lot of the iconic Cup calls and just games you know they happened on the ESPN networks back in the day with like Gary Thorne and Bill Clement ABC, and stuff right? yeah ABC then ESPN some, yeah mm-hmm. then you get some games on ABC the big thing with ESPN which me and Chris both agreed about is the exposure mm-hmm. um, like if you go on like the Twitter and socials now hockey is really really talked about on ESPN but you get a deal going ESPN's going to be pushing hockey more out there um, that'll be beneficial for both sides my only thing with ESPN is competition. I mean, ESPN, you have everything. It, it carries everything. If you were to go to a place like CBS, which is a, a uh, favorite of mine, who I think – like a network I think would be a good spot for NHL to possibly work out a deal. CBS has – TNT, TBS, right? That's all CBS. And uh, they don't have a lot of com- uh, competition there besides March Madness. So, yeah. Anyway, just some fun little thing to think about. Probably ESPN. We'll see how that turns out. Binghamton Devils had their schedule announced today. They're going to be playing 34 games. And, of course, the Binghamton Devils, I believe we talked about this on the pod earlier, they'll be playing out of Newark at the Devils practice facility. And, Chris, I know you've talked about You actually played there. You said it's a nice facility. Mm-hmm. Yep. Most teams in the AHL are playing between 24 and 44 games. Binghamton Devils will be playing 34, which is right in the middle, which is solid. And, yeah, so Binghamton Devils. And I read, I think, out of those 34 games, like 27 of them are against the Hershey Bears and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So they're going to be seeing them a lot. So that that's an interesting little um, note there. It's going to be an interesting season. Good mm-hmm. seeing the uh, youngins get to play, though. Yeah. Fortunately, well, we had COVID list news, Devils-related. Mm, mm, mm. One was unfortunate. One's a good thing. So Mackenzie Blackwood, of course, as everyone's familiar with, got put on the COVID list. Very bad news for the Devils. <laughs> they went from having probably like the arguably the best goaltending tandem in the whole league before the season in uh, Corey Crawford and Mackenzie Blackwood to not even having either one of them on their roster. So, uh, yeah. So... Corey Masaic of The Athletic tweeted out, there's about like four or five different reasons why a player could be posted on the COVID list, and I'll read you these reasons right now. So the first is an initial positive test, but it's unconfirmed, so they have to wait for another test to like confirm if it's mm. positive or negative. I feel like if that was the case, then he would have been removed today. He wasn't. He's still on there. Mm-hmm. Other options are mandated isolation for symptomatic individual. So that means he was showing signs of being sick, having COVID symptoms before yesterday. So they placed him on the list. Other is required quarantine, has a high risk, close contact. That 
is a real possibility, I believe, if he's like a family member, a roommate. I mean, I don't know who these people are. These guys are living. If they were had COVID or something, that's that's a reasonable chance. And then the last one here is quarantine for travel or other reasons. And that's like a Jesper Bratt who got put on the COVID list for this very reason, which is a good thing because that means he's close to returning. Or like what Eric Comrie had to sit through, Aaron Dell will have to partake those guys before they could play. Mm-hmm. So those are the different possibilities of why he could be put on the COVID list. Hopefully, whatever one it is, he can go back as soon as possible because the Devils definitely need him back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was a... Uh... I think uh, you guys saw my reaction because I didn't see it right away like you guys did. I saw it like right before the game started. Um, I was initially under the impression that Blackwood was just getting like a day off. No, no. <laughs> and I watched the pregame the show and they're like, oh, there, he's on the COVID but... list. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hold up. Yeah, that's a rude awakening. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's a, that's unfortunate, especially for the Devils. I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood, we'll talk about in a little bit how terrific he was in the first few games of the season. So it's going to be the Eric Comrie, Scott Wedgwood, and or um, Aaron Dell show whenever he gets back. So, okay, moving on. That's all the news. Chris, do you have anything you saw? Came across? No, I think we covered the major topics. All right, moving on. New Jersey Devils game recaps. We're going to talk about two games, the game on 119 where the Devils defeated the Rangers and the game last night where the Devils fell in our on Long Island. So first game, it was a W, 4-3 to three at Madison Square Garden. Period one, scoring got started right off the back. Like, what, was this like a minute in, if that? Yeah. Zajac scored a goal off a mm-hmm. rebound. So that's how the scoring started. one nothing after one. Chris Kreider on the power play in period two. Jack Hughes, this is where he really took over. He scored a uh, – it was a rebound goal. It was just sitting behind Gorgiev. He pushed it in. So mm-hmm. goal from Hughes. Then he, play. Mm-hmm. he followed that up with another goal. It was a breakaway, unassisted. So that – Puts the game at 3-1. to one. Rangers answer back. Make it 3-2. Zibanejad on a power play. And then Mr. Miles Wood gets another goal. Scores it on a power play as well. Jack Hughes picks up the assist on this goal. So we are entering the last period. Devils up 4-1. Rangers do make a little bit of a comeback here. Um, Scheidel scores in the third to make it a 4-3 game. Devils hold on. Hell of a game by Jack Hughes. Hell of a game yep. by... Um, Kenzie Blackwood. Rangers mm-hmm. had 50 shots in this game. Devils yeah. took, what, seven or eight penalties? Yeah, it was the, the officiating was definitely questionable in that game. Uh, I did not like some of the calls that they were giving out. Um, yeah, the uh, I forget soft. what goal resulted off of it, whether it's a Kreider's Banajad goal, but one of them were just a really, really, really bad call, and the Rangers yeah. scored right off of it. And the Rangers but, got um, some really wacky goals, too. Like, I think Kreider's goal came off a redirect of, like, Ryan Murray's skate into the back oh, of the yeah, net. Oh, yeah, Murray, Murray did it like, in on accident. Zabinajad, like, Knuckle I don't puck. know if he didn't get all the puck, but it wasn't, like, a normal shot. Like, it was a knuckle puck, like like you said, and, and Blackwood got some of it, but not enough. And it was it was a normal shot. You know, he had good positioning on it. It was just a weird shot. 
but yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of some of the officiating in that game for sure. Yeah. So anyway, overall, the Devils had a really, really solid first period. It was a very good period. Um, the Rangers did kind of switch the ice the last five minutes of that period. And from that last five minutes of that first period, it was all Rangers. Literally, most of the rest of the game, they really took over. It had a lot to do with the, the Rangers being down early. But, I mean, the Devils didn't really play too hot after that first period. At the end of the game, shot attempts at all strengths were 81 to 46 in favor of the Rangers. That's a scary differential. Um, line three in this game, they showed again that they're the devil's best line, and they have been all season. Uh, I feel like Lindy Ruff is almost using them as kind of like a safety net. When Ruff wants to kind of put a line out there to shut down the opponent and stuff, he throws that third line out there. They've been playing a lot this year. Line one in this game was good for probably the first time this season. Mostly have to do with Jack Hughes just tearing it up. Um, Igor Sharangovich got on the uh, score sheet. This was the first game we saw Damon Severson really struggle. Severson was not good. Dmitry Kulkov wasn't good as well. That pairing was just ugly, and that was by far those two's worst game of the season. As we'll talk about soon, they rebounded nicely in the second game. And, uh, yeah, line two was not good. The Zaka, Gusev, mm-hmm. and Johnson line, they haven't been good for most of the season. Yeah, and Gusev we'll struggled see on the power play there for two. a little bit. I remember watching that. That was a little bit brutal. I was like, oh, man. Gusev struggled mad, like yeah. bad this whole season. Well, I'm going to talk about him a little bit when we get to trending up, trending down. So, anyway, that's all the notes I have for that game. Anything you want to add before we move on to this Islanders game? Uh, I mean, Blackwood did phenomenal 47 saves on 50 shots. Um, again, why I figured that it was just a day off for him coming up against the Islanders. Um, Jack Hughes has arrived. That he, He's here. Um, this is what we, you know, we're expecting from him as a number one pick. Um, you know, I, I don't know how else to say it. That he's here and he's only going to get better. So, yeah, he, he was really good that game. So uh, moving on now, Devils played last night, Thursday night, played the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum. They lost 4-1. to one. It honestly wasn't all that bad after the first period. Um, the first period was arguably the Devils' worst period of the season besides that very first period against the Bruins opening night. It, it was just very ugly to watch. The Devils were lucky they only got out of it down one nothing. Uh, Matthew Barzell scored an absolute snipe shot over uh, Scott Wedgwood's shoulder. And, of course, this is a game where Mackenzie Blackwood was announced on the COVID list right before it. So uh, Wedgwood got the start. Matthew Barzell rocketed one over his shoulder. Islanders took a one nothing lead in the second period. Or, I'm sorry, Eberle got a really late goal in that first period as well. So it was 2 nothing going in the period two. Sorry about that. Period two, 2 nothing Islanders lead. Start out, Nathan Bastion, really nice goal. Um, middle of the slot, Varlamov probably would have wanted that one back. And it actually broke his shutout streak. <laughs> his shutout streak was like three, six, seven periods long. So it was like seven and a half periods and the shutout streak got broken. Mm-hmm. So that Barzell goal made it 2-1 or... Uh, Bastion goal made it 2-1. Ty Smith got an assist on that one as well, and that extended Ty Smith's point streak to start the season. Period uh, three is where it got real ugly. Islanders scored two power play goals, made it 4-1. That's where it ended. Shots at the end of the game were 35-31. The Islanders, overall, on short notice, Scott Wedgwood was bad. I mean, he wasn't good, but this game wasn't on him. 
it was just on the yeah. penalty kill, just being atrocious, which we'll yeah. talk about soon later. There's some wacky goals in this game too. So, well, yeah. not, not necessarily wacky goals, but I mean like goals I wouldn't blame him for. And I think I wrote about this in the recap. You know, Barzell just had a crazy shot. Man, it doesn't matter who's in net. That's just a phenomenal shot. Um, Everlay on a breakaway. I mean, any goalie in net, it's basically a 50-50, you know. Um so there were some goals that I, I didn't necessarily pin on Wedgwood or anything like that. Yeah, so kind of just to bring this game all together, summarize it in whole. Uh, like I said, first period awful. The Islanders held 85% of the goal share that period. Their expected goals was 85% um, percent ratio. Devils in the second and third period, they settled in. It wasn't bad. Um, honestly, without the special teams, the penalty kill, you could argue they were the better team at 5-5 five and five in periods 2 and 3. It wouldn't be a crazy argument. Fourth line was fantastic. The McClellan, Bastion, and Quokin in line, it was mm-hmm. really, really good. They led the Devils in Corsi 4 percentage of the line at 75. Expected goals, 65. Um, third line had another solid showing. It's been the best line all year, and it's, it hasn't really been close. The Miles Wood, Jesper Boquist, Travis Zajac line. Lindy Ruff, I guess, finally got fed up with lines one and two, and I totally agree. Those two lines have not been good at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Kyle Palmieri, Pavel Zaka, Jack Hughes, line one, and we saw a Nikita Gusev, Igor Sharangovich, and Janssen, line two. Um, we we got to look at those two lines. They Like I said, the Devils played a lot better in the third period, so those two lines as a trio did do well, whether that's because they were down 4-1 or what. Mm-hmm. So, final note here. Matt Tennyson once again finished last on the team and expected goals and Corsi 4 percentage has literally been the case for every single game this year. That's a pretty uh, impressive feat, I guess, if you want to say. Um, anyway, yeah, that's what my takeaways from that game were. Anything you want to add here before we move on and preview? Ty Smith still had an assist, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He uh, continued <laughs> his uh, he continued his four-game assist streak to start the season, right? Is that what they said? <laughs> yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah. It's not, it's not crazy to say that, you know, it could be because Tennyson is his D partner and he's been doing this while he's with Tennyson. That, that's, you know, no, that's extremely. You, to, uh, take him no. Out. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll, we'll, no, we'll talk more about that later as we move on, because I, I've seen people argue that sh- exact point and I get the mindset mm-hmm. on it. But man, you're just looking at the numbers. Uh, we'll talk more about it later. Anyway. Um, good. We're going to move on to the previews now, or do you have anything yeah, we, else we you want to add? On. We can move All on. Right. So we're going to preview 124, which is Sunday night's game against, or Saturday. They play Saturday or Sunday next game? Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Yes, Sunday night's game against the Islanders, and they play Philly on the 26th. So rematch with the Islanders here. I don't know which goal we're going to see. If we're going to see Samir Volarmov <clears throat> or uh, Srokin. Because I'm assuming we'll see Varlamov again. You just never know with these shortened seasons. Anyway, Varlamov's one of the art, been one of the best goalies in the league. You could argue he's been better than Mac, which is crazy because Mackenzie Blackwood's been, if not the best goalie in the league so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Islanders are doing that thing. It's not to the extent that it usually is, but they're ninth in expected goals against per 60. So they're playing stout defense, keeping everything to the outside. Just the Islanders aren't generating as much offense as they usually do. Um, so you're probably going to get another low scoring game. 
one last thing I want to mention here before I turn over to Chris, if you want to add anything, is Matt Tennyson like took a run at Casey Sezikis at the end of the game. I don't know if you caught that, Chris. Um, at the after the bell went, uh, I think it was Matt Martin was trying to get at Tennyson. Tennyson like threw. I don't know if he landed the elbow or what, but he did hit a little late on Sezikis. So I don't know if that's going to carry over or what's going to go on there if uh, Tennyson's even in the lineup. So yeah, I didn't I didn't see it, but I'm sure. I'm sure it's something that won't be forgotten. I mean, we saw it against uh, Boston the second game. They wanted to fight Miles Wood off the puck drop because he was getting too close to Rask that first game. So, Yeah, so I, I don't know if that will carry over. People so don't we'll forget. See. They don't, especially when you're playing on back-to-back games. So, <laughs> um, Anything else you want to add here before we move to this Flyers game? No, I, I got nothing. You pretty much hit everything. So. Cool. So moving over to Philly now, I'll give you a little breakdown on Philly. Um, Carter Hart struggled this year, surprisingly. He has a 9.02 save percentage, just 5v5 save percentage, ranks 20th out of 35 qualified goalies. Flyers are without the injured Tron Couturier. They don't have Philip Myers or Morgan Frost. Both are hurt. The Flyers line they're leaning on is the number one line they have. Kevin Hayes, Claude Drew, and Joel Fabry. Kevin Hayes is like seven points in five games or something crazy to start the year. Um, Travis Konechny has also been solid. He had a hat trick already this year. I think there's like four goals already. Believe it or not, the Flyers have the worst possession underlying numbers in the whole NHL. Whole NHL. Corsi and expected goals. Hmm. I would not have thought that. Anyway... Um, it's it's not it, ugly when you look at those numbers are not good and the Flyers of course have a decent record I don't know their record off the top of my head but it, it's not like they're winless or anything they played decent according to the scoreboard so I was interested to see those possession numbers anyway yeah. um, their power play is good I feel like the Flyers power play is good every year at 7th in the NHL right now so mm-hmm. yeah, I, mean, I think um, you'd like to add I, I guess this is what I get for taking Carter Hart in fantasy but um, struggle a little bit yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll just have to see. I think the Devils. I wouldn't say that they couldn't stick with them. I mean, usually divisional games are, are close to an extent, and I mean the fact that we're literally playing division games all year, maybe that helps. Um, I know obviously we expect things to just get animus between every team in this division. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that Flyers matchup. See how we stack up against them. Yeah, I mean, uh, Flyers are a weird team, man. And I've, I've, I feel like I don't know if we talked about it here or wherever. They win, but sometimes I, I don't know. Flyers it's confuse just not me. Convincing. Yeah, I don't know. Flyers are very confusing. Anyway, those are the two games we're going to talk about. We're hoping to film an episode, our next episode, after that Philly game. So that's what we'll pick up. Anyway, uh, moving on. We're going to move to our like trending up, trending down segment. We'll probably add this to every episode now kind of just talk about players that are doing well players not doing well Chris go ahead give me a couple players that are playing well who Devils are playing well related. right Devils related okay. specifically yeah so obviously Jack Hughes is playing well obviously um, obviously yep the fourth line in general I think I wrote about them in my recap article just a pretty solid game in a 4-1 loss um, besides just the bastion goal there were you know, times I was watching them, they were forcing turnovers on the Islanders in their defensive zone. Um, just, just all around solid play from McLeod, Quokinen, and Bastion on that fourth line. Um, that's those are basically the guys that stuck out to me, and then obviously Blackwood as well. You know, Blackwood just being Blackwood. Yeah, I, I feel like I run my mouth too much. Am I? Do I run my mouth too much, Chris? Mm. 
Sometimes. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, no, you hit the nail on the head there with the uh, fourth line, uh, especially McLeod and um, Michael McLeod and uh, Nate Bastion. Mm-hmm. Those two are one of the better Devils forwards in terms of possession and all that fun stuff. Finally rewarded with it with a goal, Nathan Bastion's goal. Michael McLeod in specific, um, just want to focus him a little bit. He's never going to be a top six solid scoring forward, but I think he has a real chance to be a meaningful bottom six defensively reliant good skater for the Devils. Um, He's really coming into his own a little this year. I know we haven't seen any points out of him yet, but anyway, he looks good skating wise and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Third line, you talked about it. I believe you talked about it. Uh, the Miles Wood, Travis Ajak, Jesper Brokos line, all three players have been terrific this year. Travis yeah, I Ajak, didn't really man. Touch on him, but yeah. Oh, Travis Ajak, man. He's balling out. He's like leading <laughs> the Devils in all the boy. possession stats. Uh, big Travis Ajak guys on this podcast, man. Yes. Uh, Chris and I. But good to see you there. Doing more uh, than just the face offs. Yeah, he's doing a little bit of everything. I don't know if you caught it after you scored. Um, with the arena being so quiet, he let out a nice little uh, woo after you scored. <laughs> Did you catch that? It I think it I missed nice. it. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, keep on going here. Defensive, defensively, Chris, out of the defensemen, who who do you think are, is doing well? Both sides of the game. I know Ty Smith's performing on yeah. offense. So who do you think, defensive-wise, really performing well on this Devils team so far? Yeah, I mean, I think Ty Smith, um, we obviously know he's – we just mentioned him. He's got the point streak going. We like to see that as a rookie for him. Um, I think that the uh, Severson and, and Kulikov, they're paired together, right? Right that's now. correct. Yeah, yep. I think that's been a pretty good pairing. Um, I like what I've seen from Kulikov, and uh, I think they both kind of help each other out in terms of making each other better. Um, so I think that's a solid D pairing. I would I would lean towards those two. And Ryan Murray's been pretty solid as well. Um, yes. Honestly, I, I I would say PK Suman as well. I mean, he, he could shoot mm-hmm. a little bit more. I, I think he's already, you know, talked about that. But, I mean, I don't think he's doing that bad either. He's not. And you, once again, um, I'm agreeing with everything you said. Before we keep on going, got not breaking news, but per our chat here, um, Matt Cook, who is with us over at Devil's Army Blog, the terrific Matt Cook, a lot of scheduling stuff for us, mm-hmm. sent an article saying NBC has reportedly told the NHL it will have a place on Peacock if the two parties continue their relationship past this summer. I hope they don't. Peacock sucks. I basically just read that as NBC saying, yeah, we're not interested. Yeah, Peacock sucks. I don't know if any of you guys have Peacock out there. They stole the office from the Netflix. Uh, it's from Netflix. one thing to like, paywall stuff, but when it's not even like your like the office and stuff like that nah, i don't know that's that's just sorry weird. if we have any peacock employees listen to us you could just skip past this we apologize yeah. we apologize no anyway <laughs> all right back to the uh, talk no chris seriously i agree with everything you said that Subban murray pairing has actually been one of the better pairings in the nhl do you believe that? And it, from really? like an analytics standpoint, um, Severson Kulkov's been great. Dmitry Kulkov's been a real solid pickup for yeah, the Devils so he far. He's been he's been doing well in the top four role. I don't know if that's a lot to do with Severson or not, but anyway, yeah, the Devils top four man, they're doing really really well. So does that tell you something? If the top four is doing really well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Mackenzie Blackwood, a little more on him here. 
best 5v5 save percentage in the NHL of 35 qualified goalies. 5v5 save percentage. Best in the NHL. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, in a league where there's been question marks about goaltending basically all over the place, it's nice to be like one of the outliers. <laughs> yeah, until he goes on the COVID list. But anyway, hopefully yeah. that's yeah. soon. Fix that soon. All right. Um, yeah, that's trending up segment. I think we hit everyone we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. The bad. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I mean, we talked about um, line one, line two, basically in general. Just just most of those guys just struggling a little bit. Um, Palms, for example, we know he hasn't had the greatest, you know, first couple of games. Um, he, he'll turn it around at, at some point, you know. Um, he, the guy's an all-star. But there may be a little bit of a struggle there. Um, I know watching Gusev on the power play, like I said, against the Islanders, it, it, he was just struggling. Um, but I think it was actually against the Rangers, too, a little bit, maybe. But it, it, I would say these guys, I'm not overly concerned. I'm, I'm fairly confident they can find their game and bounce back and stuff. Yes. Kyle Palmer is someone on my list. You're starting to see it, him turning around a little bit mm-hmm. here. Um, first line two games ago had a pretty good game, and Kyle Palmer was right at the front of that. Um, I've said it so many times. Uh, I don't think I need to say it again. Matt Tennyson just has him a good Alex. <laughs> Charles MC, who's been on our podcast before, he tweeted out a really solid tweet. I, I wish I had it pulled up. I would read it off to you. Um, maybe I'll do that while I'm talking here. We'll, we'll circle back to that. Uh, like you said, line two hasn't been great. Nikita Gusev in particular. I'm really disappointed. He's Yeah, he's probably out of everyone Devils related. I think he's my biggest disappointed so, disappointment so far, Nikita Gusev. See, what I'm interested in is when the cavalry gets here. We know Brat is on his way. Oh, yeah. He should oh, yeah. Will actually be back. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe you 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 bring Gusev and Brat back together. You get a little bit of what we saw last year 100%. with that chemistry they built. Um, 100%. I'm sure there's going to be some, some juice injected into this lineup, uh, not just from the skill of Brat and Heischer, but just the energy that's going to bring to this team, you know, being where they are now and then just getting even more. Um I would, I would expect that to definitely affect the uh, production of those top two lines, which makes it an interesting question for, you know, what you're going to do because lines three and four are great. You don't necessarily want to break them up. But Yeah, we're going to get to that here in a little bit, what everything may look like here when we get uh, Devils get a little healthier. Not specific player, but the special teams have been horrendous this year. Specifically, yeah. yep. specifically the penalty kill, which is something the Devils have had. I feel like the Devils have a top 10 penalty kill every single year, even when they're not good as a team. Mm-hmm. This year, it's 29th right now in the NHL, 31 teams, only killing at a 63% rate. That's awful. Why do you think this is, Chris? Do you think it's... Uh, I have a pretty good idea. You know, Nikio Hishier is not around, and he's one of the Devils' best penalty killers. Um, yeah. Do you think it's just personnel? You think they're trying to still figure out who to put on the penalty kill? Because we've seen a lot of new guys on the penalty kill this year. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's a combination of things. Um, I think they've played against teams that are really good at moving the puck around on the power play. And I'm especially talking about that Rangers game. Like, I I was done seeing the Rangers on the power play after, like, the second or third one because they were just moving the puck around so quickly and so accurately. I was like, this is just playing with fire if we keep going to the box all game. Um, so I think, like, the level of the, of t- the teams that they've played 
have solid power play units for the most part. Okay. Uh, I think that's contributed to it. Um, I'm sure it's also a little bit of a, a newer uh, system as well. Um, I usually like to see aggressive penalty kill systems, uh, but obviously it has to make sense. You don't want to take yourself completely out of the play. So I think I think the biggest thing, in my opinion, is just the power play units they've gone up against have been really good so far. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I I think it's a little too just like they have different guys on there, a lot of different guys. We've seen Kyle Palmieri on the kill for the first time really since he's been a member of the Devils. I, don't, I can't remember the last time we saw Kyle Palmieri on the kill as much as we've seen this year. Um, we're seeing a lot of Michael McLeod, Nathan Bastion. We're seeing Igor Sharangovich, which is fine to an extent. Um those guys, especially McLeod, uh, he's a real solid defensive forward. I, I don't know about the Bastion, Igor, Sharankovich stuff too much. I mean, they were on the penalty kill in Binghamton, but AHL, NHL, two totally different things. A lot better players in each league. I don't know. I think it just comes down to Nico Hushier not being around. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But yeah, has yeah, not I think been you should try like McLeod and Bastion together. Uh, on that PK. There. Yeah, that's uh, been I thought a, you said they were on separate PK lines. No, they've ran out there, the two of them. They've been playing okay. hockey together. They were in juniors together. Yeah, I was going to say, they've been playing together forever. Yeah, so. that, that duo has some of the bad killing penalties. I'm not a fan of the Igor Sharangovich, Kyle Palmieri penalty kill, though. That's a little bit of a weird yeah, one. Yeah, that, that might. We'll, we'll see. Those players are struggling, but. I mean, like we said, we expect Palms to turn around, and he kind of already has started to do so. So maybe yep. that changes here. And, and Sharon Govich is a rookie, you know. He, he, there's going to be some rookie mistakes and some learning lessons. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's all I really got um, in terms of those guys. Yuger Sharon Govich, I know he had that goal. He has an assist. His it hasn't been great at five on five. I think he'd benefit a lot more if he got moved down to that bottom six. Talk more about that in a bit. I found Alex's tweet. I'll just talk about it real quick with yeah, the Matt Tennyson situation. So basically, he, he did what I did in my most recent article, if you haven't checked it out yet. Basically, it's just an article about Matt Tennyson and his effect on uh, Ty Smith so far this year. So Ty Smith with Matt Tennyson, 35.5 Corsi for percentage, 33% expected goals for percentage, right? Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, 50 is the average. Ty Smith without Matt Tennyson, that a that Corsi 4 percentage goes from 35 to 59, and the expected goals goes from 33 to 46. So, without him, much better. Very small sample size. Um, I've kind of been building a little bit of a rivalry with our uh, Facebook. You, Facebook you have. Um, you have Facebook followers, man. <laughs> I, 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 a lot of Matt Tennyson guys over on the Facebook land. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we, we haven't seen how rough response to a loss yet. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some changes, um, whether it's Tennyson out, whether it's a uh, – I don't even know who else I would say. Maybe they sit cool cough for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe see some forward changes, but we don't know. We'll see how rough response to his first L as a coach. All right, moving on. Enough Devils talk. What are we, Devils Army Cast or something? We're moving on to NHL <laughs> Army Cast. We're going to talk a little about um, league-wide. Have any takeaways or anything that's caught your eye from the past week or so, NHL-wise? Any players, team performances, any of that fun stuff? I feel like so far I've been correct on my assessment of the Boston Bruins progressing um, and their <clears throat> forward depth just not being great. Um, they, they played, I think... 
their was their last game against the Islanders? Have they played since then? I think it was like they, a one nothing loss to the, the Flyers Islanders. In a, they just came back against the Flyers from like four zero down or something like that to upset the Flyers in the shootout. Oh, okay. Well, I mean that's that's a good spark for them. Um, I didn't <laughs> I didn't see that game, but I was thinking about their previous ones up until that point. You know, they struggled with five on five goals against us, losing a one nothing game to the Islanders. Um, Aside from that, it, it looks like the Canadian division is still just it's all insane. over the place. Um, a very interesting, fun hockey to watch, for sure, but it is just all over the place. Um, and I, I think, you know, I'm anxious to see maybe Dallas, how they play, since we've basically not seen them play at all. Um, and hopefully these, these COVID issues start going away. Um, you know, we've had postponed games for... Dallas and now Carolina, Blackwood's on the COVID list, and you know Washington. Most of their core players got fined and suspended, I think. So hopefully we see COVID being less of an issue, just you know with more responsibility and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, th- those are kind of the things that I took away. Yeah, so COVID-related, um, probably should have mentioned this. That's on. That's on me. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes are currently uh, like a COVID leave. They haven't played in a couple of days. I don't know if they're back yet, um, whether on the schedule or not. Dallas Stars are going to see for the first time tonight. And the Caps, as you were saying, Dmitry Orlov, Ovechkin, another guy or two were placed on a COVID list because they didn't follow protocols or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's another COVID news there. Um, yeah, to your Bruins point, you're right so far. Bruins aren't getting goals. They only have nine goals in this season. Um, their defense and Tuca has been great. So they have the same record as the Devils. But, um, yeah, they, they haven't been scoring the puck well yet so far this year. Jordan Cairo is someone I wanted to mention. St. Louis Blues forward, 22-year-old. I was watching a decent amount of Blues games um, because I was being a little bit of a degenerate um, when they were playing the Sharks, their two-game series against the Sharks. He's a fun player to watch, man. You ever watch Jordan Cairo play? <laughs> I think I've seen maybe a game. Yeah. yeah He's fast, I seen really much. good stick stills. He's does a lot. A fun little player to watch. Only 22 years old. Chicago is still winless. We got a great game tonight, Chris. We got the Blackhawks and Red Wings tonight. That is a... Ooh, that's a barn burner. I mean... To see who the worst team in the NHL is, we got Chicago versus Detroit. Detroit has two wins, though. I mean, hey, the, the rivalry's back. Wings. Yeah, it was a big rivalry back in the day, right? Yeah, it was. I, that was probably one of the biggest things I hated about the realignment thanks to uh, Atlanta, Winnipeg, whatever, how they, they took Detroit out of the East. And I know Detroit wanted, or they took them out of the West. And I know Detroit wanted to be in the East just because of time zone and scheduling and stuff like that. But I, I felt like there was a lot of great historic rivalries between Detroit and those Western Conference teams, whether it's Chicago, Chicago Colorado, uh, Colorado, St. Yeah. Louis, you know, all these rivalries that, uh, you know, generations are not going to see now so yeah i mean i really didn't see him when was that realignment back in 2000 i don't even know i think it was like a year after uh winnipeg moved because i think winnipeg their first year they played like in that southeast division so their schedule was like brutal for like road division games because they'd have to go to washington to tampa to florida (laughs) like long distance Hey, don't badmouth the Atlanta Thrashers now. I'm actually just realized I'm sitting here. I got an Atlanta Thrashers shirt on. Would you believe me? Dustin, Dustin Bufflin, Atlanta Thrashers jersey. I'm that, wearing it right now. That's that's the one to have right there. Is yeah. it the, is it the light baby blue? 
It is. Light bearded oh, deer with a nice little uh, whatever the heck a bird looking logo with a hockey stick, whatever the thrasher is. Um, Dustin Bufflin, Jersey action over here. Um, yeah, so that North Division is insane. I actually have the Edmonton Oilers uh, Toronto Maple Leafs game on right now. We're about like six minutes in, no goals, a little disappointed. Yeah, that's um, a surprise. Montreal, Vancouver games. <laughs> it was like what, like seven three the first game, and or like seven five the first game, or six five. I don't know. It was insane. All I know anyway. is I was happy to have to Foley in my fantasy lineup. Yeah, he went <laughs> off. Montreal's legit. Montreal's legit, Chris. <laughs> Told you, they're, they're nice. Anyway, um, yeah, North Division's fun. Anyway. Yeah, that's all I have from, like, takeaways around the league. Um, we'll, we'll keep on with this segment. Just a couple things that pop up each week that we think is a little fun to talk about. So, Moving on now, second to last segment. We got New Jersey Devils lineup, how it may look as the team gets healthier. First player that's going to be back is most likely Jester Bratt. I feel like this is just a matter of a couple games, maybe a few games until we see number 63 back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you agree here. The odd man out lineup with this when he comes back is uh, Yanni Kokinen. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance. Um, I mean, the, the fourth line's been solid, and Kokinen's a part of that. Um, it, it would make sense that he might be the first guy out, though. So, yeah, out of those three, the one that hasn't been playing, like comparing each of them. Um, mm-hmm. Kokinen's been the worst, if you want to say. He actually had his best game this season, of course, the last game, <laughs> like from a Charlie Town's perspective. But, yeah, I think he'd be the first one out of the lineup. You have Brat back, and Devil's Wingers is a pretty good bunch. Um, mm-hmm. Moving real quick, you got Brat Palms, Janssen Gusev, Wood Boquist, Sharon Govich Baston. Um, they're the Devil's Wingers right now. I don't know if they'll be in that order, but that's a pretty solid group of wingers, Chris. Yeah, I mean, plus it also depends on uh, Hughes, yeah, might, you know, Zocco, because they just they line them up. It seems like differently every shift. They'll either put him on the wing or they'll put him in the center spot. Yeah, which is, yeah, I mean, he can that. handle both positions. He's smart enough. He has the hockey IQ for it. But yeah. he, he's kind of like a, a wild card when it comes to that, you know, whether he's going to be a center or a winger. It, it, it literally just seems like every shift, it's it's whatever gets him ice time and, and is going to work best. I mean, he I'm pretty sure he still leads the team in ice time, correct? As a forwards, yes. Yeah. Out of forwards, I'm pretty sure he does. My, my whole thing is we know how they moved Hughes to wing at the end of last year, and it just went as bad as it could go. Mm-hmm. Um, his – and I know he's been playing great, and he's really picked up his game. His defensive game still needs a bit of work. And I feel like moving him to winger and having him play that wing spot, especially in the DNs, not helping because you as a hockey player, Chris, you could tell me that playing defense as a center and a winger is much different, correct? Yeah, it's much different it's, responsibilities. It's much different. Um, centers are, are more active in the defensive aspect than the wingers necessarily are. Um, I mean, uh, the entire team and the line and the unit is, but uh, centers are basically your first line of defense for forwards. So 
I mean, I, I could totally make this way bigger deal than I need to be, but I feel like with Hughes playing some of his time at wing now, that's taken away from his ability to develop as a young player into that center role and having to worry about being more defensively sound as a center. Uh, maybe I'm just making too much out of nothing, but um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going to happen when Brat gets back. What gets real interesting now is when Nico comes back, whenever that may mm-hmm. be, whether it's... The beginning of February, midway through February. We're hoping to see him sooner rather than later. Don't know mm. when it's going to be. Who the heck do you take out of the lineup? Mm. I think I think depending on how Sharon Govich plays over these next couple games is going to determine whether he's you know, at I'm the glad top you of the said list or that. not. I'm glad you said that because I, I thought he was he's one of the guys on my list too. Um I feel like a lot of Devils fans would get really angry during mm-hmm. that. But he hasn't been great five on five. I know he flashes his speed and mm-hmm. his shot, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I think Igor is a candidate. Pavel Zaka hasn't been anything special. I could see him maybe getting yanked. I know he's great in a penalty kill, but mm-hmm. unfortunately. Would you be surprised if we see a John Hines try to send a wake-up call like Lindy Ruff pulling a John Hines and yanking like a Gusev or a Janssen for a game when he sure gets back? Mm, I, I mean, I could see it. I, I don't yeah. think – you know, I think I, I think you can't rule that out with any coach. You know, whatever it yeah. takes to send a message, they'll do it. Um, like uh, the Rangers with swapping out Gorgiev and, and Shesterkin when we played them, I, I thought that oh, yeah. was more Should of a wake-up call to the team than it was pulling Gorgiev because he wasn't playing well. Um, yeah, I mean, coaches will do whatever it takes to send a message. Um, I think one – bonus uh not necessarily someone coming out of the lineup but with uh jack hughes playing the way that he is you know when nico comes back you can put jack and leave him in that first line role and not necessarily put too much strain on nico first thing when he's back let him get his legs under him a little bit you know give him like second third line minutes to build up that stamina and endurance yeah she hasn't played the hockey game in over a year now Mm -hmm. which is insane um, but yeah, I think the main guys, like maybe they yank a Gusev or a uh, Johnson Johnson just to like make a point or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like the main candidates there, unfortunately, Nathan Bastion's been playing well. Maybe he's the odd guy out. Yugo Shangrovich, maybe a Pavel Zaka, maybe Michael McLeod. I really don't yeah. want to see that though. McLeod's really found the groove there. I want him to keep playing. But anyway, McLeod's the centerman though, right? For that fourth line. He is. He yeah. is. So it'll be interesting to see. Anyway, that's our best guess. That's really hard really hard thing there um mm-hmm. beside that but anyway defensive pairings i think this is a little easier with Votnin whenever he makes a return devils are hoping he's in the u.s matter of days now so he'll hop on that covid list and hopefully be eligible in a week or two um to be in the lineup mary suban got to keep that pairing together they've been terrific um cool severson another good pairing it's hard Votnin comes back i'm assuming you yank tennyson right so that's the least we'll butcher out well, now, I don't know if you're going to take Tennyson out, you know. No, I mean, if Votnin and Butcher, for some reason, are scratches and Tennyson's still in the lineup, something's really wrong. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, James. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, so you got to assume Tennyson's one guy out. And then that brings – so Murray Subban, 
Severson, those three are definitely going to be in. Votnin, you didn't sign him, so on the bench. So that's the fourth. Mm-hmm. He'll definitely be in. So that leaves Smith, Butcher, and Kulkoff for two spots. Kulkoff definitely going to stay in. And it's tough, man. Kulkoff's kind of played his way in. I, Ty Smith's been great offensively. <laughs> His defensive game needs to work on, but, I mean, he's not going to work on his defensive game if he's not playing. I don't think they're going to send him to the AHL. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. So, I mean, is Will Butcher still the odd man out here? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it kind of looks that way. I, I would rather have Will Butcher in the lineup every night uh, instead of Sammy Votman. If you look at their numbers, mm-hmm. identical the past three years, Will Butcher's numbers are a lot better. I know some people don't yeah. hear that. But I don't know. That's a real logjam there. I, I'm the Fodman signing wasn't like a bad one, but it really puts the Devils in a sticky situation here. Yeah, not I mean, a bad does, situation, but it, but it promotes competition too. You know, yeah, guys are gonna have to put in a lot of uh, effort and practice to get that playing time. So, so yeah, very interesting. I mean, if it was up to me. Murray Subban, Smith Severson, Butcher Votnin would be ideal, but then Cool Cow's on the bench and he's mm-hmm. terrific. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Really tough decisions here. I wouldn't want to be Lindy Ruff making those choices. So, Yeah, I, I, anyway. I wouldn't either. I mean, this it's a good problem to have, but it's still a tough, tough decision. Yeah. Um... All right, bar down bets time. I don't think you, ha- you have anything else you want to add here before I get all degenerate here to close nope. the sun out. So. Take it away. Um, if you recall, when we dropped our latest episode, it was a day after the bets that I said I was going to make. You know what I'm saying? Like the games were on like a Tuesday, but we dropped the episode on a Wednesday. So you heard it after the bets took place type deal. Mm-hmm. So my two bets I said to make were the Florida Panthers, I believe against the Blackhawks. It was like regulation line and the uh, minus one and a half. They covered both of them. Two and oh. Far down bets. I did mention another bet, but I didn't say I was making like a formal play as a lean. So that's not my record. So I'm two and oh, right, Chris? Hey, hey, you know what you're doing, man. <laughs> I, I guess. I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, no, I trust me. I, I, it's just betting's all about luck. It's the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Never do it. Anyway, um, tomorrow night, just looking at tomorrow night's slates here. Hopefully we'll have this episode up in time so you guys can make some plays tomorrow nights. Like in St. Louis against the Kings in regulation. Chris, I think that's a pretty good bet. It's in St. Louis. Yes. Yep. Like in them in regulation. Should get a decent line there. Montreal versus Vancouver again. Got to go with my boys, Canadians. <laughs> Should have a decent, uh, should have a decent money line spread. Should be decent. And then lastly, got Ottawa, Winnipeg over under five and a half goals. Chris, come on. Uh, I'm gonna say over. Yeah, that's what I think would be a yeah. solid play though. Um, my official play is definitely gonna be that St. Louis regulation line. I'm leaning the Montreal play against Vancouver and over five and a half. half. Those probably won't be official, but anyway. We'll uh, degeneracy here. Who leads the league in points so far, Chris? Not Hughes um, anymore. He was up yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say it's not Hughes. Um, Let's see. Kyle Connor. <laughs> Kyle yeah, Connor, I'm Kevin to Hayes. Like, well, Tavoli went off the other night, but Jeff I don't know Petrie. where he was before that. Um, Jeff Petrie has himself seven points. Montreal, Tyler Toffoli, seven points. Leads the league. There you go. He's up there. Dry side all of six. Anyway, just remember last episode I was talking about Leon Dreisaitl would be a nice uh, bet 
for uh, Art Ross Trophy. Just yep. checking and seeing oh, yeah. how it goes. Nathan McKinnon's up there with seven too. A lot of a lot of guys. It's gonna come. It's got to come from that North Division though. I mean, it's just uns- insane the amount of goals being scored up there. So, alrighty, enough out of me. I've talked way too much this episode, but you know, that's why you listen to us, right? To hear us talk. <laughs> anyway, anything we got else? The voices like of to- angels. Yeah, my friend. That's it. That's it, Chris. I'm sure everyone would agree with that statement. <laughs> anyway. Chris, you got anything else for us before we end around out here? We, we should everyone. mention real quick. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't know. Uh-oh. I can't remember if we mentioned this up front, but we did have an interview with uh, Bryce yeah, Salvador. If you want to go that. into that a little bit, James? Yeah, I'll talk if about that real read quick. About it. Mm-hmm. So dropped it. Our very own Anthony. B. His last name starts with the B. Barbario. Barbario. There you go. There's a hockey player with Mark Barbario. He was on this podcast a couple times, I believe. Um, MSG reached out to us, uh, set up a little phone interview. Bryce Salvador isn't the first time we've done something like this. Also had one with Erica Walker. I don't know if we've ever had one with Kenny before. Probably I'll have one coming up here. But it was a phone interview. Put the interview in article format. Anthony did a great job, posted it. Go check that out if you haven't. I'll probably repost it during the week this week. Really appreciated MSG and Bryce Salvador taking the time to talk to us. Bryce, very insightful. Ton yes. of great infor- mm-hmm. information about Lindy Ruff's new system, all that fun stuff. Give it a read if you guys want. Also have that Matt Tennyson article out there. Um, i trying to remember if we have any other content. We have those pregame recaps always coming out. But yeah, besides that, I think coming. the only two uh, articles we have out, like content-wise, is the uh, Bryce Salvador interview and uh, my article on tennis. We also had earlier in the week um, dropped a cool little article by George on the staff. He went into the numbers, attendance figures, um, mm-hmm. how teams, attendance, popularity, all that fun stuff. So check that out if you haven't. Do you, you know today is the uh, anniversary of that 334 club game for us? Oh, really? If, we, if have, the, we have the record for the lowest attendance in one game. <laughs> I'm surprised the Florida Panthers have, don't hold that record or something. Well, what it was was I, no, I, no, it I was got you. They like always throw it on ago. MSG. Yeah, the yeah, snowstorm. The snowstorm. Like only 330 mm-hmm. something fans could make it. Didn't it they took get like two hours for the players to get to the ring? Too? Yeah, they, they um, have like a commemorative patch and stuff like, like that. A like it's, it's, a, it's a legit it's club. Yeah, it's recognized by the Devils. It's a yeah. legit club. Now, so. if the Devils play tonight, they would have everything MSG would be showing pregame would be about that when they go in the commercials. You know how MSG usually oh, yeah. does that. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, good good idea bringing that back up, Chris. Got to promote our uh, content and all that fun stuff. Everything's on devilsarmynetwork.com. Yes. Um, so that's the domain you can find all of our articles at and, of course, on our socials. So now I think we're all good to end her out, Chris. Let's go Devils, baby. Yes, sir. Everyone stay safe out there. Like I said, be back. Hopefully talking to you guys after a beatdown on the Flyers. We'll see how that ages. <laughs> Talk to you guys in a few days.